but you making a hundred thousand dollars on your job, that's when it gets scary because uh, they paying you to be in handcuffs. They paying you to say, I'm just going to give you just enough where you're not going to go anywhere, even though you're not happy. And the problem is, is that too many people are relying on their job in material things and all of those things, thinking that that's going to give them their purpose in life. But you can't get your purpose in life from a job. You got to get your purpose in life. That's an inside job. And you, mm. and, and so, I mean, so many people who've been at their job for 30, 40 years, and I talk to them as a financial advisor. They 50, they 60, and now they're about to retire, and they're scared. The reason why they're scared is they I don't know who I am. Mm. My purpose wow. was wrapped up in this job. Like, who am I, with, especially men, who am I without this job, mm. right? Because my job took care of my taxes. My job let me know, told me when I can wake up, told me when I can go to sleep. My job told me when I can take a break. My job mm. told me all of these things. Who is my identity? Wow. I don't even have an identity. That's why so many people, and I hate to say this, but so many people, when they retire finally from this system, mm. they're 60, they're 65, so many people die. All right, y'all, so welcome to another awesome episode of the Path to Prosperity podcast, where we help you make, manage, and multiply money. I am Ash Cash, the financial motivator. We got my guy, Storm Leroy, the employed millionaire. My guy, Marvin Mitchell, Mr. Become Your Own Bank. Yo, what we talking about today, y'all? Man, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to break down. We got to make money. Yes. Yes. We got we to gotta teach them how to make money. We yes. got to teach them how to multiply the money. We yep. got to teach them how to but manage But you know what? The, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a lot mean? of uh, gurus out there. Uh-oh. And I, like, like what makes you qualify to help people make, manage, and multiply money? What makes me qualify? What makes you qualify? Let me try to say like, yeah. like, like how, how they know we ain't capping? 100%. See, the word guru. Yep. Uh, me, I like <laughs> to stay away from it. Okay. It's like I'm well experienced in what I do through my journey throughout life has made me experience, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you can call it what you want, but I'm just Sounds seasoned like at it. Buying that first property in 1999. <laughs> I hate this guy right here, y'all, I'm telling you. <laughs> but let me tell you, so here's where it comes from for me. Me uh, buying that first property, which was 350000 and that took, that wasn't a program. That took me to be able to, to actually put a substantial amount of money down, right? So... That, let's say $30,000, putting down to wait for that one property, which over 20 years became worth $2 million. Now, if I would have took that 30000 and I told you guys before, for those of you that didn't hear, and I'm going to mention it again, when I invested out of state, I put 8000 down to make a $6,000 return every year. That's an 80%. Now, what if I would have took that thirty, and now I would have bought three properties for $8,000? dollars mm. You see what I mean? So now my cash flow would have been greater mm. because even though that property in New York that I paid that money for, the value of the property went up to $2 million, but the rent slowly peaked up. So now let me fast forward and give you a little more. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because you lost me a second, right? And I want to make sure I'm clear. So you saying mm-hmm. that you bought a property in New York. Right. At, it was $300,000. Three fifty. Three fifty. You put $30,000 down. Yeah. Right. And then that property skyrocketed to $2 million, right? 
You can't see not sky or, a rocket or, or, does something okay. fast, so, right? So it eventually so it got to two million. Yeah. Then on another occasion, you took eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars and you bought a property, but that property was cash flowing you six thousand a year. And so if I compare that two million dollar property to that eight thousand dollar property or that thirty thousand property to the eight thousand property, you're saying I'm better off putting money in a property that's going to give me more cash flow than being able to say, whoa, I got a property that has appreciated $2 because you really can't do nothing with that $2 million. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and, and, and okay, here's, here's, the, here's the controversial part, right? Yeah. Sell grandmama's house. Ooh. Uh-oh. There's, we always hear the story. So you're saying sell grandmama's house. I'm, 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 I'm gonna tell you. I know. This, we, I know. He spoke. He's like, yo, do not sell. The problem with the black community now, is because we, we always, we always want to sell grandmama's yeah. house. You say, you saying yes, sell grandmama's house. I'm selling, house. sell grandmama's house. Right? I know everybody sitting them now, going to the next room, calling Uh-oh. their brother and sister, come listen to this Uh-oh. part, right? Uh oh. Here's the reason why your grandmama, for example, you know, the lady next door to me, she bought her house in like 1982 for about sixty thousand dollars. That house is worth like two million dollars. Uh-huh. So the thing is, grandmama house could be worth $2 million right now while she's alive. Grandmama can't pull the $2 million equity out that house. Do you know why she can't pull the equity out of that house? Uh. Because grandmama doesn't qualify for a loan at $2 million. She has no income. So she's house rich. Uh. House rich. Now, fortunately, we know, let's say grandmama passed. Everybody passes away. She leaves that house to her three children. So now the three children, you always get this one now. You have one that wants to keep it, one that wants to sell it, and one that wants to live in it. Uh. So they're all fighting over the house. Oh, this is we should grandmama in it. But the house is worth $2 million. We, we shouldn't sell it. We shouldn't do this. I want to live in it. Let's fix it up. But here's the thought process. The reason why I'm telling you, in my opinion, you should sell the house, because that's what grandmama would wanted you to do. Uh. You would keep the house. And now which one of the three siblings qualify for a two million dollar loan uh. that's another problem to be able to qualify yeah. now let's say the rent is three thousand dollars for that two million dollar property and i know people saying hey two million dollar property why is the rent only three thousand dollars i'm gonna give an example it's called bedstock brooklyn uh. the rent is normally three thousand dollars and you can have a two million dollar house three thousand dollars let's divide that up um, again up uh, up with three siblings. Right. What's that? A thousand dollars a piece? Mm-hmm. How long before they go? I'm only getting a thousand dollars, and this house is worth two million. It's a matter of time. Yeah. Now you put one living in there. Now there's no rental income. Mm. Sell the house. And the taxes, though. People sell, don't talk about that. Oh, property taxes. So now the house is worth two million. Exactly. Now your property taxes is based on that two million. So yes. A lot of times people can't even afford that. They can't afford the yeah. taxes. Yes, it's a big problem. So the thing would would be to sell the house. And that's not the problem. The problem is they do not know what to do with the money after selling mm. the house. Yeah. This is where financial literacy comes in. Mm. Knowing, being educated on what to do with the money. Because grandma, I'm quite sure, would say, that's the reason why I bought this house at $30,000. So when it is worth $2 million, you could sell it, buy more properties to change grandmama's legacy. Mm. Not for each one of y'all to get... 500000 a piece and then run off and now what you want to do, buy some luxuries and toys. Mm. You have to look at the big picture with these brownstones. So why are you keeping the house? Just so you can say, we kept the house in the family for 20 years? Mm. Well, guess what? The house is going to fall into the hands of someone 
who doesn't think about legacy and they think in self-wealth, and now they're going to sell it for pennies on a dollar, and what they're going to do, run off down south, run off to an island somewhere, and now that money goes nowhere. So sit down with the family and figure out what you're going to do with the money and stop trying to uh, assume what would work best for you when what you should say is what works best for our legacy mm. with this house. Mm. And so and so that that was that's what you did, right? Because be- I because I want you because you still see look, this is what the fake gurus do. They try to divert you with a story. I said you qualify you right. to tell me why I should be listening to you. Oh, facts, bars. Here we go. Now, when I bought my first property out of state, I understood that the value was was uh, greater out of state because the New York property was eight hundred thousand. So first thing I did, I got me a mentor. Mm. Let's 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 get this under control. Yeah. We all sitting up here doing great things, but none of this would be possible if we all did not have mentors. Facts. Just like in the dictionary, the word mentor comes before money. Ooh. Get yourself a mentor if you're trying to get to the money. I got me a mentor for out of state investing who taught me. Everything there is to know about the markets and any questions I had. And once I bought that first property, I now had a point of reference, mm. meaning $6,000 a year. I was making $60,000 a year at work. Simple mathematics, 10 of these properties replaced my salad, mm. salary, 10. So I was under the first assumption that every year I buy one property and I'd be out in 10 years. Mm. The understanding is every year I was buying a new property. So that was now shrinking the time I would have to be at work down to now Five years. So what made me another expert in this field? Because I understood the power of delegating duties. Mm. I went and did the research after my mentor gave me the knowledge on property management companies. Property management companies run all of my properties that I don't see. How to vet the property management companies. Property management companies only want 10%. They get 10% of the money. I get 90% of the money, but I gain 100% of my time to buy more properties. So now I can take that, take that salary to buy more things. And now I get further educated on that because now I'm understanding, I'm understanding the realtors. I'm understanding the lending process. I'm understanding appraisers. I'm understanding the inspections. What I mean by that, I'm understanding that I'm building a relationship of people who are doing the things that I don't want to do or need to know how to do because my main focus is getting the paycheck to get out the job. Uh. So once now I built this system out, that made me an expert in my field because I understood the out-of-state market better than my own market Uh. because I was entrenched in out-of-state, but I only had one property in my state of New York. And the reason why? Because you can't buy a million-dollar property and expect the cash flow. Uh. That doesn't happen with rents at $3,000. So I'm able to answer any question pertaining to out-of-state, pertaining to lending, Uh. pertaining to interest rates, Uh. pertaining to buying down debt, Uh. pertaining to to portfolio loans, Uh. blanket loans, which Uh. means packaging all of those loans into one because what you want to do is now, once you have all these loans compressed into one, now you're also able to get yourself a better rate because you're extending. What I mean by extending, you're extending that length of the loan by refinancing those into a longer loan. And let me give you something else. Mm. For those of you who say, well, how do you get a loan on a $40,000, a $50,000, a $60,000 property? That, no, that can't be done. Yes, it can be done. Because in states where properties are only forty, fifty, and $60,000, they have banks that are used to loaning forty, fifty, and $60,000. But now let's say you want to work with a major bank or a major lender. I won't say a bank because a bank's sole purpose is to make you a homeowner. So mm. I use commercial lending and hard money. But now let me keep staying 
time on this focus. Mm. So now once you do a, now you have a hard money lender who says, I don't do properties for $60,000. But what he does also take care of is when you do a blanket loan, now if you have properties for eighty, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, what they let you do is throw in a fifty thousand dollar. Let you throw in a sixty thousand dollar into the blanket loan because now they're covering their costs. So what people need to understand is don't be afraid of understanding money and don't be afraid of commercial hard money lending. Hard money lending interest interest rates are just as comparable to banks. We think that banks were really designed to make you an investor. Mm. No, like I mentioned, it's designed to make you a homeowner. So your idea should be where is the easiest place for me to get money? Banks want you to have W-2, six months lease and all of the tenant occupied leases from the tenant occupied properties and rent rolls where hard money lenders only want equity in the property and they only want you to have an LLC and they only don't want you to have money in the bank for three months with seasoning. Mm. So it's based on the property and not how you look on paper. Man. I don't even know where to go for that. So, we, so look, we're going to... That's the episode I'm right like, there. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, where, I'm like where we go from here, right? Let me drop the mic and leave. Hey. Yeah. Hey, but, I, but, 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 but I look good in my turtleneck. Look, 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 Nino yeah. Brown, baby. Nino Brown. <laughs> so <laughs> but listen, but but he talked about banks a lot, right? And he talked about how banks want you to be homeowners, and I could talk to that from being a, a former banking executive. Which, but 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 you yeah. talk about becoming your own bank, right? So it, it you know it almost feel like the anti-bank, and I'm in the middle, right? But what does that <laughs> yeah. mean though? Becoming your I mean, own bank, bro. Kind of reverse it. Let me. So becoming your own bank is something um, something that I do utilizing um, life insurance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of people, when you think of life insurance, you get, you're like, mm, you know, that's cool. I don't want to go fund me, so let me get life insurance, mm-hmm. right? Well, the problem with that is when you think that way, you're thinking about life insurance as, as death insurance, mm-hmm. which means you're only thinking about it for your death. But it's called life insurance, which means that this, if you learn how to utilize this for your life, it's the most powerful thing that you can ever do. It's one of the Best kept secrets mm. of the ultra wealthy. But the great thing about this is that it doesn't have to be the ultra wealthy that utilizes this, mm. right? Mm, it can be it. everyday individuals that are making money. Even if you're still working, you can utilize this strategy on your journey toward becoming an entrepreneurship to help you get to that journey toward entrepreneurship. So what I mean by that is you want to create what's called, I call it a wealth creation fund. Mm. So what that means is this is a fund that you funnel all of your money through so that you can then recycle that money and make that money work for you two to three times at the same time. Mm-hmm. So to give to make this simple, to make it easier, let's say I'm bringing in, you know, fifteen thousand dollars a month and I want to leverage put ten, twelve thousand dollars of that month through the life insurance fund. I'm going to tell you how to structure in a little bit. Then what I can do is once you place in that wealth creation fund, the good thing is that money keeps growing mm-hmm. as if you never touched it. So even if I borrow against it and I take a loan against my policy, now I'm making money off the life insurance and I'm taking that money and I'm buying me an asset mm-hmm. such as the $8,000 down payment for a real estate. Mm-hmm. So now I took what Storm is already doing um, to become a millionaire and now I'm just helping them to get there five years quicker. Wow. So so to, to kind of explain it, it's like, there are three different types of people when it comes to money. you got to understand those three different types of people to understand what a wealth creator is, right? A wealth creator is somebody who never stops the forward momentum of their money, which means their money continues to grow uninterrupted as if, as if they never touched it. So you got a debtor, you got a saver, then you got a wealth creator. 
You all know the debtor. This is the person who spend their money using credit cards and they're constantly attempting to get debt free. This is the person that is is in the rat race is what they call it. It's like they're on that, that spinning wheel like that, that spinning wheel. They can't seem to get off of off of that, that rat race. And um, the problem is, is that their goal is to think that if I can only become debt free, uh. then I'll be OK. If I can only be debt free. And then I'll be living the life that I desire. But the problem with that is, even if you're debt free, guess what? Congratulations. You're at zero. Mm. There are homeless people on the street that are at zero, but they're not wealthy because they have no assets and they have no reoccurring revenue. It's hard work. It's hustle. Even if you're at zero. This is why so many people rush to save, save, save and pour all of their money to paying off of the debt when they're not really realizing that. You're not creating wealth. You're getting rid of a problem, but you're creating an even bigger problem because now you have no assets. But what if you can do both? What if you can pay off debt and make money at the same time and generate cash flow and income at the same time? The next person is the saver. The saver, what they do is they're going to save, 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 and then they're going to pay cash. They're going to save, 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 and then they're going to pay cash. While that's great that they're not in debt, the problem is, is that if I save $100,000 and then I spend $40,000, uh-huh. now I'm only earning interest on what's left, the $60,000. I got to build that $40,000 back up to $100,000 before I start to see a profit again. So I'm constantly taking one step forward and two steps back. And I'm losing what's called opportunity cost. Opportunity cost is what I could have earned had I kept the entire $100,000. And the worst part about being a saver is that it's not just the fact that it takes you a while to build up the money. The worst part about the saver is that while you're thinking in this scarcity mindset that you got to save, 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 and you're living off of less than um, you're living way below your means and you're afraid to spend anything and you're living off of ramen noodles in a small house and a four tours like I did mm. for eight years, you're actually telling money I don't want you because I'm attracting lack because that's what I'm focused on. So if you have an abundant mindset, you got to realize that you can actually spend money and make money at the same time. It don't have to be an either or. It can be a both and. Mm. So this is what I want to teach people. And you can do that by being a wealth creator. What the wealth creator does, is they're going to leverage an asset, leverage money that they're saving so that it never goes backwards. And when they borrow against it, now they got multiple assets. So I like to use Life insurance. Actually, life insurance is one of the only things. In fact, I'll say it is the only thing that, that you, you really can do this with. Right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, you can borrow from a 401k. You can borrow from a brokerage account. You can borrow from uh, from your equity in a house. You can borrow from that. But there is nothing else that allows you to, to leverage not only having a death benefit, but having a life life insurance benefit and being able to borrow against that and pass money on to the next generation and get a trust and be able to structure a trust in a way that you can build wealth off of three, four or five generations um, after you. Mm. Right. So the way it works, then I'm going to, then I'm going to turn this over. But the way this works is that if I'm looking to make money five times at the same time dollar, what I'm going to do is I'm going to funnel it through the life insurance policy first. Once I funnel it through the life insurance policy, understand that that's tax free. Mm. I don't have to pay it back. Why don't you have to pay it back? Because if I have $100,000 in my cash value, my death benefit is always more than the cash value. So if I got a $500,000 death benefit and $100,000 cash value, if I borrow $40,000 and then I never pay it back because you're not forced to and I die, they're simply going to subtract that plus interest from the death benefit, which was already $400,000 more than the cash value. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. So, so in that particular case, I got a yeah. five hundred thousand dollar death benefit. Yeah, I borrow forty thousand dollars. Right, the cash value. You can't Ca borrow from the death benefit. Right, but you so can't I can borrow, from I can the borrow cash forty thousand from that cash value, but my death benefit is still five hundred thousand. And so, if I die, then it's just five hundred thousand minus the forty thousand. So now I'm getting four. Or my, or my beneficiaries, or my trust, if I'm doing it right, yep. gets four hundred and sixty thousand dollars, almost. Okay. That's close. Five hundred minus the forty thousand plus the interest. Mm -hmm. They're going to charge you some oh, interest, got right? It, got it. Got so it. Got it. Got now, it. Now you might say, well, how much interest are they charging? What if the interest takes away all of? That's not going to happen because yeah. the way that you could structure the policy, because there's so many myths out there. It's a myth that, well, I don't get to keep the cash value. Right. Like, if my cash value is 100 and I die, I only get the 500000 I don't get the 100000 Well, yeah, that's true, but the 500000 is more than 100000 yeah, 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 And yeah, yeah. if you structure it the right way, you can structure an increase in death benefit, which means that as your cash value grows, mm. the death benefit grows yeah. as well. So the death benefit can start off at 500000 but every year it might be increasing by 3 4 5%. So when I borrow the $40,000, my death benefit is growing by the same interest, interest. that I'm paying off the loan. So that same death Damn. benefit end up the same Game. way anytime. Damn. Anyway, right? People don't know that. Next People level. don't realize that if you borrow something and your death benefit is growing by the same amount that you borrow and the death benefit is the same for your heirs, uh. right? So life insurance is not an investment. Uh. I don't want to hear anybody say life that insurance is an investment, right? right. right. Life insurance is a tool that allows you to now borrow against it and then go out and get the investment. Right. That's when you, yeah. so when you're working with me and Storm, for example, you're going to funnel your money through your life insurance first, then you're going to borrow against that, then you're going to get the property. Now you're not just making money on the property, but that 8000 down payment that you made, that was gone because it's tied up into the into the mar into the mortgage, mm -hmm. that $8,000 is still there. So real quick, if, you get, if I got $100,000, that's earning me 5% every year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's ignore the life insurance. I got 100,000 that's earning me 5%. One year later, that's 105,000. Yeah. If I have $100,000 and I borrow $30,000, remember it's going to keep growing as if I never touched it. Yep. If I'm earning 5%, got $100,000 earning 5%. One year later, even though I borrowed the thirty thousand, it's still a hundred and five thousand dollars. Right. Because remember, it's only subtracted from the death benefit when you die. Now I can pay it back. I like to pay it back because I want to increase my borrowing capacity, but I don't have to pay it back. So because of that, if I know that this tool is gonna grow if I borrow against it, or if I don't borrow against it, isn't it silly of me? If I don't borrow against it and earn me some money and some assets at the same time. In fact, it's kind of crazy. But most people who think they have this policy set up, mm -hmm. the problem with them is they got this policy, but they've never borrowed against it. Right. Everybody I meet who got this. Oh, I didn't know I can borrow. Oh, I knew I can borrow, but I'm waiting. Why? Right. Borrow against it as it grows. Get you an asset at the same time. It's crazy to not borrow against it when you get the money. You just got to structure it the right way. So when you structure it the right way, you structure it in a way that you get the lowest amount mm. of death benefit. We don't want the highest amount of death benefit. We want the lowest amount of death benefit for the highest amount of cash value. Mm. Most traditional policies are structured to get, get the lowest amount of premium for the highest amount of death benefit. Well, mm -hmm. that's when it becomes really expensive. You actually save 70% in cost and fees by structuring it the way that I tell you to structure it. Mm -hmm. And you get to borrow the money and have liquidity, access, use, and control of your money right away. So it's so many boy. I can wow. keep going deeper, wow. but I'm going wow. to save some gems for later. Can I go deeper? There. Can I go deeper? I, and, I, and, I, and, I and, ain't and, even go there yet. But, but, yo, but, you, but you know, it's funny because, you know, as 
and, and and this is the biggest fallacy I think that happens in our community because like for me, you know, you know, as a banker, right, 15 years, I remember working with people. It wasn't until I became a wealth advisor that I was like, whoa, how are we teaching people the wrong thing, right? As a banker, we telling you what? Save your money. Save, 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 save. save, save. Yep. But then we don't even understand a couple of things, right? The bank doesn't make its money from saving. Nope. Right? The bank is asking you to save your money. So what? So that they can lend your money to somebody else and they lend it at a higher interest rate. They give you nothing on that interest yep. rate. And the difference between, and that's the whole banking business, right? In fact, real the, quick, when you put your money into the bank, but you don't understand, the minute that you put your money in the bank, you think that, oh, well, your money is an asset to the bank. No. Yeah. When you first put your money into the bank, your money is a liability 100%. to the bank because they got to pay you interest until they loan it, they out, loan it out and turn it into an asset. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now they're finding whoever they can lend it out to and then that difference. So, they, so, so, so they're going to give you 0.1%. Yeah. They're gonna lend it for like 10, 10 plus percent. Yeah. And that that middle ground is where is where they're gonna get the money, right? And in oh. fact, think about this, and, and, and y'all could do the research. If how does the bank make money? Where does the bank invest? Mm. In insurance. Did you know that? Like I don't think I'm talking about Bill, Bank of America. I think they got like billions of dollars in insurance. In, in insurance and yeah. life insurance. Yeah, they yeah. do some other stuff like yeah. bonds and different stuff like yeah. that, but mainly insurance because People don't understand when they say, well, I want my money in the bank because it's FDIC insured. What does <laughs> FDIC mean? I think that's old school, that's though. So I think that's that old. I think, I think, I think, I think I because know. we listen to our, to our grandmothers, yeah. our mothers. The Christmas fun. The Christmas yeah. fun. Books with passports and all that. And you don't even yeah. realize that FDIC means Federal oh, Deposit oh, Insurance Company. That's it's crazy. insurance. That's, that's what's crazy. even doing the FDIC right. to begin right, with. Right. SPIC. What do you think SPIC stands for? Investments. Insurance. The I's insurance. Absolutely. Everything is back through insurance. Insurance been mm. around since before the 401ks. Yeah. Insurance been around since since prehistoric mm. time. Disney mm. World got started off of life insurance. JC wow. Penny shops got started with yes. life insurance. Wow. Um, there's so many things that got started with life insurance. Life insurance was the savings of the old time. Yeah. And let me tell you, wow. people were more financially responsible back then than they are now. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. they use life insurance. And so and so 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 let, let, let's take our let's take our you know our people on our premium people on this journey, right? Because premium. Make, manage, multiply money, right? And so I know, like, 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 like for me, um, it's all about making money, yeah. right? And so you know, like, my journey was really about taking one product or service, or taking my knowledge, putting that knowledge in a product or service, right? So I start with the NMI. I say, look, what is my who? Like, who? What do I know? How do I take my knowledge, and how can I help people with that knowledge? And so at the end, if I start with the NMI, I say, yo, this is what I want people to get from the knowledge that I that I offer. And so let's start. You know, I got my start as a financial educator. So because I was working in a bank, I, I, I helped people manage their wealth. I had the knowledge of helping people manage their wealth. So I said, all right, bet. Let me start with the NMI. I want anybody who I work with. I need them to be able to make more money and and you know and then build build wealth from my knowledge. So I start there. Then I work my way backwards. I say, all right, what are the steps is it is it gonna take to get people to understand this knowledge to get to that space where they're managing their wealth? And then I start to package that knowledge into different ways. So I'm gonna package it into a book, and which I've actually done. I've packaged it into a book. I've packaged it into audio programs. Mm -hmm. I packaged it into video programs. I packaged it into live coaching. I packaged it into masterminds. I packaged it into one-on-ones one -on to the point where 
You know, I'm making, you know, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars per month, you know, working with, with clients and selling them high ticket items where I'm helping them maximize their money. I'm making, you know, you know, money off of my books where I'm I'm selling in bulk orders. I'm you know, I'm my some of my books are in, in, in jail. I've written over twelve books. Some of my books are in jail. Some of my books are in the in the library, some of my books is in the school system, right? Packaging that from my courses where I automate that. That's a whole different other game where I have you know, programs, and now I'm automating those programs where I'm hiring somebody to manage that, to do my ads, to do, you know, you know, automated webinars and things of that nature. So now they're, you know, people who want access to my information, I don't even have to be part of that information. Mm. I could now just, you know, put the ads out, get the people who want it, and then they purchase my product or service. And now I got what's called mailbox money, the money yeah. that's coming in, yeah. right? And so now I help, you know, I help people make that money. Uh, Storm, employee millionaire. If you, if you know, nine to five or entrepreneur, you get into out of state real estate, and you're, and then now you're, you're, you know, you have this cash flow, you're making money. But we go to Marvin first. When you take out this policy, Marvin helps you structure it the right way. And so now you've made money with me. You take that money, you structure it with Marvin, put it in that life insurance policy, and 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 we structure it the right way. We help you become your own bank. You borrow from that, and now that money that you borrowed from is still building your net worth, still building your wealth. Now you go to Storm. You say, yo, Storm, help me create this system because I ain't got time because that's the other thing, though, too. Yeah. Like, you don't even see your properties, so yeah. you don't even, look, I don't got time. I don't, I can't do all this stuff. I, I, so he got the whole system where you go give him the, the money, you know, I'm not giving the money, but he teaches you the system, and then now you take that money that you made with me, you you created your bank with Marvin, you take that money, you go put that in out-of-state real estate, and then you rinse and repeat. The facts. And I love the fact that you broke it down like that, you know, because actually people that you're speaking to are people with jobs. Facts. Yeah. People that literally yeah. don't have time. Yeah. And, and, and it's so key for me to always speak to you because a lot of us and I was one of those people like I would go to work and I would come home and I sit in my chair I would watch the news I would watch a lot of informative things but the main thing that a lot of them was given to me the news was providing me that that false sense of security mm. what I mean by that the news would make me sit there and watch all the calamity in the world this is happening this part this area is bad this that and then I would say to myself man I'm so lucky to have a job mm. It really set me up to actually stay there, you know, and now that I'm free, uh, what I mean by free, where I don't have to go to the job anymore after the, the blessings that they bestowed on me to think this way, I don't watch it anymore mm. because I understood that it was a means of feeling like I was being lulled into mm. a place of comfort. Wow. And, I, and I want my people like to understand that when you go to work, it's a place really designed to actually pacify you. Yep. You go there and you listen to everyone else say, man, I've been for 15 years. I only have 15 more years to go. Or you meet that older dude who says, man, I got five more years left. I've been mm. here 30 years. So automatically you say to yourself, damn, 30 years to retire? I can do that. Wow. And it's like, no, you shouldn't be thinking <laughs> that way. You shouldn't say to yourself, yeah. I can do 30 years. You should say to yourself, what can I do in between the time of now and the day I leave yeah. to get out of here. Your thoughts should never be doing 30 years. That's like saying to yourself, you can't find no other way to, to make money. Wow. So you have to, and another thing, when you wow. come up with this plan, like once I knew I was 
buying real estate out of state, talking to my mentor, got my first property. And I tried to tell other people, yo, there's property out of state I'm buying. I'm not seeing it. Like me buying these properties, I'm going to be able to, 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 to leave and retire in 10 years. They was looking at me like, what's wrong yeah. with here? <laughs> what's wrong with being here? And I was like, yo, I want, I want to leave from here because there's a bigger <laughs> picture. Yeah. And what I understood was you can't talk freedom to people who are talking about work tomorrow. Ooh. Like you can't. And that's okay yeah. because not everybody's going to get it. Yeah. You, there's left, there's right, there's ups, there's down, there's people who rent, there's owners. Yeah. There's buyers, there's sellers. Yeah. So you cannot try to change the mind of somebody whose life has already been dictated of where they're going to be at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, they can be the one who steers you off course or delay, delay what you're doing. Yeah. How? Putting booby traps in your way. Mm, booby yeah. traps. But, yeah. but, but if you have a job... Yes. You have to have multiple streams of income. Absolutely. If you yeah. don't, one is too close to e none. Economic suicide, right? And the reason why I want I want to be clear, and I want y'all to understand this, right? Even if you're not an entrepreneur, you don't have an entrepreneurship bone in your body. You have to, have to, have to, have to have multiple streams of income. You know why? Because even if you love your job, you love it. I love my job. I love what I do. You still do not control the environment. You don't control, like think think about Layoff. yo layoffs. Think about you could you could be a, a a model employee and been there for twenty years. You on time all the time, and because you are, you might get you might be overpaid. And 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 the job is like you know what we love you, but we could find somebody fr straight out of college to do this better. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. And so now you're relying on, you know, loving the job, coming to work on time, doing all this, and then realize that because it's more cost effective for you not to be around, now you're at the mercy of your job. You're at the mercy of this one source of income yep. opposed to saying, you know what, while I have this job, right, job is not security. While I have this job, you know what, I'm going to take this money that this job has given me. It's a blessing. Thank you, God, for this blessing of money that I'm getting from my job. But I'm going to use that to multiply. Yeah. Yeah. You got to treat your paycheck um, as, as, as a tool to invest yep, instead of a paycheck to buy depreciating things. Yeah. And you said it perfectly on um, Storm when you said the job is is, is pacifying you. Mm -hmm. You got to understand that if you don't pay attention, the world is pacifying you. Mm. You know, the educational system is attempting to pacify you to prepare you for oh, yeah. the job, which oh. is going to pacify you, which is going to prepare you for saving in your 401k Oh, maybe when you're 65, you're going to get a nice little pension. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to get a nice little Social Security check. Um, they're going to pacify you by saying, and we don't even trust you to handle the money. So we're going to withhold taxes for you wow. because we don't think you're going to be able to pay your taxes because we want to just get you educated enough where you can do the job. But we don't want you to worry about your your, your financial literacy. We don't want to wor you to worry about that because if you know too much, then we won't have anybody for the job for us. Mm -hmm. We want to keep you here and just keep you safe until we decide we're tired of you. And then we're going to fire you yeah. and then go get somebody else. And now you got to figure it out and you'll go to somebody else that's going to pacify you and maybe even pay you a little bit more to mm -hmm. keep you pacifying. The most dangerous thing is... It's when you start making some money on your job. Yeah. When you start making, you know, when you're making forty thousand dollars on the job, thirty thousand, forty, fifty thousand dollars, you like, I can't wait till I till I do something for myself. I got to get out of this. When you're making a hundred thousand dollars on your job, that's when it gets scary because uh. they paying you to be in handcuffs. Ooh. 
They paying you to say, I'm mm-hmm. just going to give you just enough yeah. where you're not going to go anywhere, even though you're not happy. And the problem is, is that too many people are relying on their job in material things and all of those things, thinking that that's going to give them their purpose in life. But you can't get your purpose in life from a job. You got to get your purpose in life. That's an inside job. And you, mm. and, and so, I mean, so many people who've been at their job for 30, 40 years, and I talk to them as a financial advisor. They 50, they 60, and now they're about to retire, and they're scared. The reason why they're scared is they I don't know who I am. Mm. My purpose wow. was wrapped up in this job. Like, who am I, with, especially men, who am I without this job, mm. right? Because my job took care of my taxes. My job let me know, told me when I can wake up, told me when I can go to sleep. My job told me when I can take a break. My job mm. told me all of these things. Who is my identity? Wow. I don't even have an identity. That's why so many people, and I hate to say this, but so many people, when they retire finally from this system, mm. they're 60, they're 65, so many people die. Mm. I see so mm. many of my clients. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's why I'm, I say you need to have a path. Yeah, yeah. So many people that follow this system of scarcity, yeah. and now even though they got money built up their 401k, they still live in a scarcity lifestyle. Yeah. And then when you do decide to become an entrepreneur, you got to understand that's a whole new laws or rules that you need yeah. to learn because yeah. nobody's pacifying you. Nobody's taking money out of your check anymore. Nobody is, is preparing you to live off of a pension and Social Security anymore. So now you have to do it. In a way, I see so many entrepreneurs fail because of taxes. They didn't realize they had to pay taxes because the job was taken care of. You didn't realize you had to pay taxes. Like so many people, they didn't realize they didn't realize that you're not supposed to put every last dime back into the business. I know you're trying to grow the business, but you need to think profit first. You got to put some of your money into your bank account or you got to take some of that money and invest it in other avenues. What happens if your business goes down for a short time? Now you don't have a job. Now you have no more money coming in from your business. Now you put every dollar back into the business. So you stuck. Mm. And you don't have anything to do. That's why you got to think about this. This is what we do. Yeah. We help people to do this every single day yeah. by showing you the correct path. And I don't care how much money you make. Yeah. I've seen people making millions of dollars yeah. go bankrupt because they didn't understand financial literacy. 100%. Yes. And, and, and I think that's one of the important reasons why we actually got together because like this alliance is all about like this this holistic way of looking at your finances, right? Like me uh, as a a fifteen year former banking executive, because we ain't even touch on business credit, oh, no. right? We ain't even yeah, touch no. on how you can access other people's money, right? So we oh, just yeah. I just give I just gave you a whole play on how you could use your intellectual knowledge and you could you know start to to you know build wealth by packaging into books and products and services and things of that nature but there's a whole other play yeah. where you could actually use the bank's money right where you could say all right bank uh I'm if if I am putting money into a bank account right and that money immediately gets lent out and then that money that's being lent out at whatever percentage, that's how you make money. You know what? I ain't going to pocket watch the bank. Yeah. I ain't going to be like, you know what, bank? Nah, I ain't putting my money in the bank because, nah, I ain't going to pocket watch you. All right, bet. Who you lending this money to, this 10% to, right? Because whoever you lending this money to, and if whoever, if, if, if that person who's borrowing that money knows how to cash flow that money, exactly. now, I don't care what the interest rate is. I don't care what you charge me, bank, because whatever you charge me, if you give me this money, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run the play. Mm. Yep. 
I'm going to run the play. Pay it. Somebody else will eventually pay that debt. That's why it's so important to not worry about the debt. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's just what what matters most is knowing your numbers. Yeah. Rich people use debt to make them rich. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly. Debt, and, debt and as well. And defer taxes that way too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, because think about that. We just talked about taxes and we just talked about, yo, you know what I'm saying? You want to put money aside for taxes. Yo, did you know that you don't pay taxes on debt? One hundred percent. No, you borrow hundred thousand dollars. How much taxes on a bar? So, so think 000. about this, right? Think about this. Look, well, we about to get out so much game right now. Watch this. We gotta have a whole episode we on to. debt. We have to. On debt. We have to because think yeah. about this. I just like 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 if, if if I teach you how to earn income, yeah, and you take that earned income to now invest and do other things with. There's a portion of that earned income you have to pay taxes on. Yes, but what if? We taught you how to get access to that debt. That you ne- so 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 now that same hundred thousand, right? And that should be like a like a question: hundred thousand earned income or hundred thousand from the bank? Which is better, right? All right, cool earned income. But if I take that hundred thousand from the bank and I invest that hundred thousand, what I'm paying Investing taxes on? Things with tax breaks and tax Ooh, benefits. That's good. Yeah, we got yeah, that's so that. crucial, man. Like you got the things that really that we sharing. These are the things that you don't need to be sitting there alone listening to them. You need to nice. have your, your wife, your husband, your, your children, your teenage child, your kid sure who's is. going off to college. Yeah. Like, they need to be sitting there right along with you going, this is what we're talking about. This is what you need to hear. And, it's, and, and what we know is we can explain something to our children all day, but they don't get it until some, they hear somebody else say the same exact thing that you've been trying Max, to tell them for Max, years. Max. You know, that's when they catch on and go, oh, I get it. Yeah investing is the way to go. And don't ever feel like you need to make a certain amount of money to be able to achieve wealth. I always like to give that example of, you look at Dame, uh, Damon John. Yeah. You know, borrowed 300, I think 300 or $400 or something like that. And now look at his wealth. Yeah. Mm. You know, you look, look at other people who have borrowed, look at Spike Lee took all his credit cards. Yeah. Thousands of dollars in debt, credit cards, yeah. and built what he has now. But, and, you, and you know what? Yo, I want people to stop equating wealth to a number yeah. and equate wealth to a process, to a system, yes. right? Because at the end of the day, you know what? If you bought a duplex and that duplex, even if that duplex is only paying you $1,500, $3,000, whatever it is, that's wealth. Like, 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 who, mm. like who said that you got to be a millionaire to build wealth? Yep. Hey, yo, true story. Like... I, yo, before before I became a millionaire, I was like, yo, I need to be a millionaire. I need to be a millionaire. I need a millionaire. Yo, honestly, my ideal lifestyle only costs a quarter million dollars. Uh. Like, I don't need a million dollars to be, like, financially free. And so a lot of people in, in their mind, they're like, yo, yo, I got to make a million. I got Why? Why you got to make well, a million? Well, you got to understand, like, it ain't about... It's Why really, you got to make a million? It's really not you about the got, million. No, it's fine. It's really not about the million. No, that's a fact. It's about your freedom score. Absolutely. Exactly. So your financial, your, your, freedom, your financial yeah. freedom score. Yeah. So if, I, if I'm making uh, $4,000 a month and I'm looking to replace my job where I have a lot more freedom to go out and do it, I'm going to stay on that job, like Storm said, and make my job my business partner, like Storm said. Yeah. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, if I know I need to replace my... $4,000 a month, what I need to do is get how many assets do I need to get yes. to get past that $4,000 a month? Because right. I'm going to tell you this, a mil- million dollars are not all created equally. That's a fact. So no. let me tell you, like, don't don't let somebody tell you I'm a millionaire and you automatically think that they rich. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of poor millionaires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so put it like this, if I got a million dollars and I got it in the bank, yep. 
and that million dollars is generating 0.0% interest. Stop looking at asset only and yep. look at cash flow that Absolutely. that asset produces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I have, what is better for me? You tell me this. Yeah. I got a million dollars that's earning me 1% mm-hmm. at the bank, or I have $500,000 that I'm earning 12% on that's paying me consistently every month. 500000 all day. Okay. So All what, day. What's I giving, take that all day. What's giving me, or should I say, what's giving me the better lifestyle? Because what's giving 000. me the better lifestyle is the yeah. 500000 So yeah. we got to look at how do I... How do I build a cash flow from the assets? People will tell you all day, I'm making a million dollars in my biz. I'm making a million dollars. But what they're not telling you is they're spending $900,000. And they broke. And and that's without even talking about taxes. Exactly. Because they don't even know how to structure. So I want you all to repeat after me. Structure. 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 Thank you, Ash. I appreciate that. That was good. Structure is more important than money sometimes. Sometimes it's not like... You don't want to own everything. Right. You want to just simply control everything. Nice. You know yeah. how much earned income that I want to really earn? Yeah. Zero. Right. Yeah. If I don't earn any earned income and it's all paying me passive income that's giving me the cash flow to enjoy the lifestyle that I desire, yep. then I can't mess that up. Facts. Yep. Because yep. if yeah. I had the asset, then I could take that asset and I can go spend it on crazy stuff. But if I got the cash flow coming consistently month after month after month after month, now I got the freedom to travel. And know that my business is still getting yeah, done. You know, yeah. a lot of people have to get past to the mindset of saying, I want to make $20,000 a month, $30,000 a month. Yeah. And they work in a job making $6,000 a month. Mm. Like, so you mean to tell me you're never going to leave? Right. You know, I always ask that question when I get people harder. in my class yeah, yeah. Doing, doing the Minty class. And then the first thing I ask is, how much money do you need to leave your job? Yeah. Oh, I need fifty thousand dollars a month. Yeah. I need to make a hundred thousand dollars a month. I'm How? like, you don't make that How? now. You're not making it now. Houseway. Mm. Houseway. <laughs> yeah, All making, you need to do is I'm replace. I'm making three thousand dollars yeah. a month, but I need fifty thousand dollars in order but to you leave know, my but job. You know, but you know what it is, and 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 it's probably because they want the security, right? Because they say I need fifty thousand dollars a month to leave my job, just in case. Like they're almost planning for stuff to go wrong, mm. which. If, if, if you got to understand abundance is your birthright and I'm going to take it here is that you will always get what you focus on mm-hmm. right and so that's why even when I tell people you know because I, I do believe that you should have some money in the bank right but I don't call it an emergency fund because I'm not we not I'm not counting on emergency funds I need you to have at least six to eight months of expenses in an account and we call it your financial freedom fund Right. And so you want to have liquid. I, I, and I know we said that word a couple of times, liquidity. Right. Meaning access to the capital, access to cash. Like you want to have six to eight months of that available to you in an account. So that way that's your financial freedom fund. But we're not prepared for emergencies. Right. We're not preparing for anything to be bad. And so a lot of times we're not leaving our jobs or we're not getting to that freedom number because mentally we told ourselves things are going to go wrong. Mentally, we told us, you know what, just in case. Duh, stop having a just in case, yeah. right? Don't look at it like, oh, I hate my job, and, and because I hate my job, I'm going to start this side hustle, and when I get here, I'll be able to free myself. No, you have to show gratitude for that job, yeah. right? Because if you show gratitude for that job, you show gratitude for your ability to make a paycheck, your ability to even get your freedom score, now the universe is going to repay you back by showing that gratitude. Now you're going to have gratitude yeah. in your business gratitude and you building wealth like so stop disrespecting your job stop acting like this is something you're trying to escape stop trying to escape love what you got right now in order to get to get what 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 you want to enjoy more of you know what happens a lot also in that same scenario when people say to themselves 
Well, I want to make $50,000 a month. You're now delivering a new message to your brain. So the opioids in your brain don't know how to respond. Mm. The opioids is that joyous feeling. But now your brain is confused because now you say, I want to make $50,000 a month. So now your brain is now processing that. And now mm. what's the next thing that happens? The opioid confusion now talks, goes through the blood and now speaks to your heart. Mm. And that's where your heart starts pumping differently. There's a difference because when you're excited about something, that's the opioids, now the blood is going through your heart, and now you're excited. Mm. But now it's the confusion mm. and pumping, and it's right not an there. excitement. Yeah. And now it's anxiety. Mm. It's going, can I do it? Right. Should I do it? See, it's all works in, in conjunction. Yeah. So if you're telling your brain that you want to make $50,000, and now you haven't secured the plan, the process, mm. and now you're not freeing yourself up to that, now that kind of opioid mm. is now going to your heart and confusing and saying, are you excited? Mm. Or, or, or do you have anxiety? Because I don't know right what you have. Yeah. But mm. once you commit to saying, I got $50,000, mm. I hear what they're mm. talking about. Storm has already bust down the plan. Right. I, I see him. I see what he's done. Oh, okay. There's no confusion. Mm. Now I'm excited. So mm. now the right opioids is busting over. Now your heart is going, I can't wait mm. to sit down in this class and talk with these guys or have sit down and have this conversation with them because I know where I'm buying my properties. Mm. I know where I'm getting it from. See, there's a big, there's a difference in that. Yeah. So you have to believe in the process yeah. and believe in the universe, but also seek mentorship. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That. No, no, that, no, no, that's, yeah. that's great. Like, I'm just going to say, um, you know, with that, when you're in your job, yeah. that don't mean you just take anything. That yeah. they're going to give you, right? Like, remember, we're utilizing this job so that you can buy the assets to allow you to leave that job quicker. If you really want that job to partner with you and helping you to leave that job quicker, um, sometimes you you make yourself so valuable. Where you know when you go when you come with a proposal for any type of raise or or even if you have to change jobs, you come into it in the right way. So, for example, like and I and I, and I pay for this tremendously in a good way, right? I taught this one time to my um, to my students. Well, some of my students was some of the people who worked for me, right? Mm -hmm. I taught them how to go out and how to get a raise, what to do, how to present, how to present it. And they came in, and like two people actually said, "I heard what you said, so I'm coming. I got a presentation. I want to set a meeting with you." <laughs> they came with me with their presentation, and they was like, "This is what you said, and this is what I'm going to do to make the company better, and because I'm going to make the company better, and I'm going to provide more value." This is the raise that I'm proposing, right? Right, right. So, I mean, what I'm going to say, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually gave them the raise. But here's the deal. Um, I gave them the raise, but the company increased. It doubled. Wow. Because what they were able to provide for me were pennies. Mm. And then somebody else came, and they attempted to do the next thing because they saw what was happening. And I think they were making like um, $60,000 or something. And they came and they asked for a raise for $70,000. And I put, put it like this. I was already willing to pay this person up to $90,000. Mm. But they didn't see the value within themselves. So mm -hmm. they came and asked for less. And what I gave them, which was more than what they asked for, they were ecstatic, mm. overjoyed. But they don't know. They still probably was $15,000 short. Mm. So you say, well, why didn't no. you just give them the $15,000 extra if you was going to give them to them anyway? Because I want them to learn how to see their value. Mm within themselves. That's what I'm teaching you. There's so many people you hear about this. Like this is one guy who I know who he was interviewing people for a job and he was ready to pay somebody $100,000. And they came and they said they was making $40,000 before. They came and said, look, 
I'm not taking this job unless you pay me at least $50,000. <laughs> and you know what? That that interview was perfect. Yeah. Everything was great about this interview. Like, he wanted to hire this person in the first five minutes of talking to this person, but he didn't hire him. Yeah. I was like, that don't make sense. That's the person you wanted. They only wanted $50,000. Why didn't you hire him? He said he didn't value his enough, himself mm. enough to be a good long-term employee for my firm. Wow. 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 And so, that, yeah, that's so yeah. many lessons in that, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so many lessons Life gives you what you ask for. Exactly. So you got to be a value, yeah. be of service. Don't just come and ask for a raise because you think you're entitled. There's yeah. a difference between being entitled yeah. and showing value yeah. that's irreplaceable to the firm, to the job. Yeah, mm, and, and, wow. I, and I love that, though, right, because that actually goes hand-in-hand hand with the people who – hate their job, who yeah. don't appreciate their job because a lot of times they might hate or unappreciate their job because they don't see the value that they're bringing. Yeah. And if they don't see that value, they're not getting value. And now they're, because they're not getting value, they're resentful. And because they're resentful, they're not realizing how much of a blessing that that, that job yeah. could be to help them build wealth. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. They're so busy yeah. counting the job's pocket yep. versus Big the pocket time. that they making. And a lot of us suffer the, the disease. We're worried about the interest rate that we're paying the bank instead yeah. of how we're going to use the money to make way more than the interest rate that we got from the bank. Or yeah. they're worried about, well, if I'm doing the work for this and if I make the company, if I make $100,000, that means I made the company a million dollars. So what? Yeah, yeah, you right. were making $30,000 right. before that. Why right. are you counting somebody else's Become your own company then. If you, if you love what you do, Turn it into a job for yourself. If you could, not, if you could, you definitely could. If you right. love what you do, turn it into a job for yourself. That's good. So, guys, look, man. Um, we got it. <laughs> we we want to hit them with something. Yo, let, oh let, yeah, let, a gym, a gym. Yeah, let's let's gym. give them a prosperity gym. Uh, this is the path to prosperity podcast. Right, right, so we're right, gonna right. give them a prosperity gym. We gonna start with you, Marv, because you got mm. you barred up he today, barred man. Up. We're going we to start with you, man. Let, what, what, what prosperity, Jim, right. are you giving to our – we got to yeah. call yeah, them yeah, something, yeah. though, so, too. So what I got to say, my prosperity, Jim, Jim, is to stop allowing a small mind to kill a big dream. Mm. Look, even if it's somebody you know that you love, it could be your mom, it could be your spouse, it could be your child. Don't let, and when I say small, I'm not talking about small as in a derogatory term. I'm talking about their dream is not where your dream is because you're a giraffe. That's my, that's my boy. You're a giraffe. That means you can see high above the trees. That means your neck is long. That means everything that you see above the trees is your vision, and your vision is clear, and it was given to you by God himself. What if your dream wasn't your dream? What if your dream was God's dream? Mm. Then you'll stop treat, treating it like it's an option, mm. and you'll start treating it like it's your responsibility. Mm. But the problem is, is that you need validation from mm. an outside source. You need reassurance from an outside source because you're feeling insecure. So you go down and you stick your neck down and you get permission and you get validation from a turtle. Mm. That turtle mm. is not a bad person. That turtle is somebody you love, but they telling you that it's not going to work because they can only see two feet in front of them. And because you value what they say so much, you're trusting what they say instead of what your heart and what your desire is telling you. So what's happening is you keep your head down too long and the oxygen flows through the neck of a giraffe. So if you keep your neck down too long, the giraffe will actually pass out, will suffocate and sometimes even die. And that's where a lot of you are right now. Mm. You suffocating, you passed out, you dying where you standing right now because of the fact that you've allowing little bitty raindrops to the granite to deteriorate that granite to the point where you don't even believe in yourself and you've accepted yourself. You've accepted mediocrity as normal. You've said, at least I'm not worse than this person. Instead of worrying about how you can be the best that you can be, you're comparing, to, comparing yourself to somebody that's not even as big as your dream. 
The people who are in your life that don't understand, they are your adversary. The mm. Bible says, if somebody's your adversary, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Mm. Get thee behind me, Satan is not meaning the devil himself. It means anybody who opposes the will of God. And if it's your will to do something and somebody is standing in your way, you got to move forward because they're seeing your they're seeing what you see as a curb that you just got to step over. They're trying to protect you because they think it's a cliff. Mm. So if you're going to go to the next level, you got to step over that cliff and you got to believe in yourself and your faith has to be stronger than your fear. Mm. Yeah, I got to go after that. Yes, sir. Go ahead. That's why I'm last. Right, so That's listen, why I'm last. So listen, so look, I'm gonna set you up. I'm gonna set you up, Storm, because he talked about the giraffe and the and the turtle. So so we we gonna who am I to break tradition? Let's let's talk about animals, right? Mm. So what we gonna do oh, is here. No look, pressure, Storm. look, look, here, here, no pressure, right? <laughs> Freestyle, right? So here, here's what I want everybody. Here's my prosperity gem. I need you to make sure that you are always in vibrational alignment with what you desire in life. And what does that mean? That means that in order for you to be successful, you have to vibrate on the level of success. Anytime you're not vibrating on the level of success, if you look at your life right now and you don't like the way your life is going, if you don't uh, enjoy it, if you don't have what you want, want, want out of it, that means you're not in vibrational alignment with that thing. When you look at the, the, the birds, for instance, right? An eagle could never fly at the same altitude as pigeons. I'm going to say it again. Mm. An eagle could never, ever fly at the same altitude as pigeons. So what happens? A lot of us are flying at a lower altitude, and we think we're eagles, but we're flying at this altitude of pigeons because we're trying to lower ourselves. We're trying to make people comfortable. We're, we don't want people to think that, you know, we all that, or, yo, I'm the first person to do this in my family, and I, you know, I don't want to be ostracized, and you don't want to get to that next level and so you are voluntarily putting yourself on the lower vibration and you see all these pigeons around you see these haters you see these non-supporters you see these people that are you know are, are not helping you get to the next level and the reason you see them is because you're flying at their level and so I need you to for effective immediately. I need you to fly fly like an eagle. I need you to get 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 away from that lower vibration. Get away from that vibration of people who are haters, people who are not supporting you, people who are who don't want to see you do better, people who are jealous, people who 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 are threatened by your success. Get to that level of flying like an eagle because nothing can stop an eagle. If an eagle, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. But get stomp. Listen. Get stomp. You don't know everything, Sway. <laughs> All right, so now that they got the theme of animals and everything, I'm going to stay in the same vein. I'm going to get right. this real quick. Y'all, y'all do this to me. Here we go, right? So inside each and every one of us, there's something that's either calling you in a direction. That's the direction to become a leader or follow, follower. There's definitely something in you. It depends on what you're doing and the people you surround yourself with. If you feel like you've outgrown the space that you've, you've been in, it's not bad to be alone. It's not a bad thing. Get to know yourself. But guess what? You're going to find out exactly who you are and see who you should be in this space. Right? And what I want to really leave you with following this theme here, the same amount of wind it takes to blow out a candle, that same amount of wind could spur on a forest fire. Mm. I got a question for you. Mm. Are you the candle mm. or are you the forest fire? Mm. That's good. Bars. Even though it wasn't an animal, was it was still nature. Animal. It was the forest. It was still nature. I mean, it was nature. 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 Animals are in the forest. It was nature. I was with the forest, right? It's still nature. It's still good. It's still God's creature. Nah, it's still good. Still good. Still God's creature. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm up here sitting thinking where the animal at. Right, where right, the but I got to. No, it was good. It was good. I went another so, level on him, y'all. Right, take us out, Storm. I need everybody within the sound of my voice. We signing out right now. So what right, do we normally go. do, guys? Let's dominate, baby. Fist let's up, go. Fist up, dominate go. time. Wednesday, every Wednesday at 8 Eastern. Make sure that y'all tune in, check in. Go ahead, take us out, Storm. That's right. Everyone within the sound of my voice, the path of prosperity is something that's been calling out to you. It's in alignment with you. And now it's here. You need to share this with a thousand people, like-minded, non-like-minded, those that you feel are on the edge of changing their life. This is it. Don't hoard knowledge. Let's do this for each other. And on the count of three, we're going to go out with the word dominate. One, two, three. Dominate. Dominate. Let's go. See y'all next week. The Podcast, y'all. Always seek knowledge. knowledge. (laughs) Peace. Peace.